Welcome to the TLT Movement Podcast, a podcast for tomorrow's leaders today. This episode, I'm here with Micaiah Bider, the legend, the CEO of Religious Packaging, and a young entrepreneur. Anything challenging is going to be hard. So what? Hard could be the new fun. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Who's going to carry the boats? Endeavor to persevere. If you want to be a good leader, you have to understand human nature. I never look back. I'm really excited to dive into a couple cool conversations today and just see what we can put together. Me too. I think so. you're an ideal candidate for this show because we have a lot of young people that watch this program and you're a young, successful entrepreneur yourself. Thank so you. how old are you? I'm 23 years old now. Yep. 23. Yes, sir. Wow. Jordan year right now, baby. Nice. Trying to make the most of it. <laughs> 23, but I'll be young the rest of my life no matter how old I get, you know? Love that. Yes. Sir. So you're 23. Mm -hmm. How long have you owned religious packaging? So I've owned religious packaging since about June 2019 is when I first started it and came up with the idea. So well, we're talking a little over three years right now, almost four years that I've been in business. And man, it's been, it has been a journey since the beginning. I'll tell you that. It's been ups and downs and a lot of cool experiences. But yeah, it's been about four years now since we started the business. What is the business? So we really do custom packaging and branding. I like to say for any industry, really. Um, but you would come to us, and what we would really help you do is we're going to help you create a logo, create brands, get your products ready to go on shelves. So we're really, you know, a one-stop shop to kind of get yourself ready to go and hit the market is what I like to say. Wow, a one-stop shop. So, yeah. so a brand would come to you with pretty much nothing but an idea, and you're the one that puts it all together, makes it look good, and then actually gets the actual packaging for their yep. product. So not even pretty much, 90% of the time, <laughs> I would say people come and they have no idea what they want to do. You know, I'm a very creative person, so I like to pull that out of people, especially when we're working together. But a lot of the times, people are almost looking for somebody to help them guide them along the way. So a lot of people, they have the base of their ideas. They kind of have what they want to do and start, but they don't know what direction to take that into. And so what I do is help pretty much build the road in front of them and make that path clear to them and where they need to go with their company, with their brand, with their ideas and how to really turn it into a whole business, you know? Nice. All right. So honey talks, especially to young people. So let's just dive in at the beginning of the show. Let's do it. How much did this company make year one versus this year, 2022? Well, see, this is a very interesting thing because how much money you make and how much money you save are, are very different. When starting a company, most of the time, you're not going to be making money. And if you are, you're reinvesting it back into your business. That's just, especially if you want to grow it, that's just the way it is. So the first year though, we were in business since about June and we did about 80 grand in sales. So the wow. thing is, none of that was profit. If anything, it wasn't even close to enough money because we're still, we need to build, we need to buy new machines, we need to grow. So, you know, it sounds pretty and nice, but <laughs> realistically, it takes a lot more than that to build a business. And, and not just, you know, it's not that you need to be making a bunch of money, but you want to have residual income coming in. You want to have cash flow coming in because that's the only way you can really expand and grow. So we started off at about 80 our first in our first six to seven months. We did. Nice. And then this year? So this year, um, humbly, we've we've done almost a million dollars. Oh, get out, dude. Let's go. Let's but go. But it's been a journey, man. It is not always like that. And like I said, it's not like necessarily, we're not sitting here and profiting a million dollars. With that, right. we're probably going to spend all of the money in growing and building it. You sure. know, we're investing 
We've bought four new machines this year. We started a Florida store this year. You know, just to move our company down to Florida was upwards of $60,000. So people might be sitting there and be like, oh, a million dollars. That's fantastic. But to me, that's just part of the stepping stool to get to where we need to go. You know, all of it's coming in. I'm trying to build the business. I'm trying to grow the company. So I'm taking every dollar and investing it into our people, into our supplies, into our warehouses, whatever it might be. So we're still... I re- we're still barely tapped into the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's so much more to do and the money's not even the main focus of it all. You know, I'm trying to build a business that I can really have for my family, that I can leave my legacy behind, that I can do something good for the world and leave an impact in the industry that I'm in. And so the money's a byproduct of wanting those things more mm. because I'm so dedicated to building an actual brand, building a company, creating a legacy. The funds just come because people see that and they want to, they want to give you their money. They want to spend their money with you. They want to invest in your business and work with you because we're all on the same path. You know, we're all trying to do something big. And so when people can see that on the ground level, see someone coming up, they really, they really get behind that. I can tell that you are super passionate of, yeah. about all of this oh, and, yeah. and that this is your baby. And uh, it's what, my whole entire life. Honestly, I don't mean to yeah. interrupt you there, but business has saved my life a hundred percent. It's been one of the pillars of changing me as a man of growing just getting into business and starting to build a company will change you as a person a thousand percent. There's no way it can't because you're going to face adversity. You're going to face challenges you've never had before. You're going to face problems you never had before. And, and you're going to have to one, choose to overcome that mm. or two, choose to fall to it and, and let it overcome you in a way. And so business is an everyday battle of how bad do I want this and how far do I want to go with it? Wow. It's the way I look at it. So every day for me is not like, oh, hey, I can do this. Or I can go and do that and just see where it goes. It's I'm going to win or I'm going to fail. And that's what business is to me. I have to give it my best every day. And you can't not have passion for something when you know your whole entire life is on the line with it. Yeah, and that's how I look at it. There's no plan B for me. There's no other option. This has to work. You said it saved your life. That's, yeah. that's a pretty heavy statement. In what yeah. capacity? I mean, when I, but even this is crazy. Even a month before, a month after I had started the business, I'm still battling addiction in a way. So I, I, you know, I'm a very energetic person. I'm very out there. I love, I just dive into things really hard. And, you know, I've had my own struggles in life and what I fell into in my past and stuff like that. And business pulled me out of that. Really. Mm. It, It really did because it gave me something one to focus on. And it also taught me things about myself. You know, a lot of people don't realize what they have inside of them. And when I had to build a business, I realized all these things about myself and that gave me something to do every day. So instead of being consumed by the negatives in my life or the addictions in my life or whatever it may be, I took business and let it become my crutch in a way. Let it become my addiction right? in a way. The business you, became You that. had to replace your previous addiction with something new. Yeah. You, you can't just strip it and remove it and expect to just move on if you yeah. don't fill that void that's in yeah. your life. 100%. So and you just dove is, all in. I mean, there's a, you can do business wrong. Like, there's a way it can consume the wrong way, but business overall and building companies is one of the most beneficial things you can have in your life. So replacing bad habits with productive money-making habits, very, very good idea. <laughs> Helped me out a lot. And that really, that's why it saved my life because it gave me purpose in a way. Before RP and before building this company, I didn't know my purpose. I knew I was meant to do something. I knew I had a voice. I knew I wanted to speak to people. You know, I was always an artist making music and stuff like that, but I didn't have daily goals, monthly goals, people around me, depending on me, employees, all these things mm. that come with a business. And so having all those things really did change me and made me a whole new person. Cause you can't, you, like I said, you can't not change. You're going to fail or you're going to adapt when mm. it comes to business. 
Wow, that that is fantastic. I mean, you just mentioned employees. Now, this is interesting because I, I, I'm wanting to expand my business right now. Yeah. I feel like I'm making good money, mm-hmm. but I want to take it up to the next stage. And you obviously couldn't do you know, your million, close to million dollar year on yeah. your own. No, I mean, it's, it's impossible. You need yeah. a team for everything. So how do you go about hiring employees? Is that process hard? It is. That's one of the most hard and difficult things you'll ever deal with while I'm creating a company. My biggest challenge has been people. One, as learning how to lead them and guide them in the right way. And two, finding the right people. You know, there's two sides to that coin. As a leader, you have to be ready to lead people. You have to be ready to set the example for your people. Mm. If you're not setting the example, if you're not setting the standards, if you're not being the first one on the job and the last one out, how do you expect employees to respect you? Especially if you're not a big brand. You're not Apple. We're not Amazon already. This is religious packaging. Your production companies we're putting together. People don't know who we are yet. They don't have a reason to really get behind us. We have to be the reason as the leader, first of all, as the owner of the business. So it starts with who you are and your values. You have to set those in your company, those values, those standards, and you can never break them. So your people won't have to align with that, and you have to uphold that. And that's going to be the key to finding really good people who you can bring into your company. Because, like I said, that's one of the most challenging things. And personally, I've had my fair share of experience. Anyone who's ever done business and told you they haven't failed with a million people is hasn't done business because I've, you know, I've lost a lot of employees and a lot of it I can sit here and say was my fault, not knowing how to lead them, not knowing how to guide them, not knowing how to be a leader and and respect them in the right way. in a lot of scenarios, you know, because I'm learning myself too. I was a 19 year old kid who, by the way, never, you know, I'm high school dropout. I never worked a job longer than eight, nine months. So I have zero skills when it comes to business. I learned every single thing Failing, doing it again, getting back up, trying again, failing, trying again, failing, trying again. So you have to imagine I made a lot of mistakes, a lot, but that's good because that made me who I am. And that also taught me a lot about people. So I guess the way that I've really started to find my employees, one, set the standards of what I want it to be. And you can never break those. You can never let people come into your business and change what you are, what you stand for and what you do. So you have to uphold that. And sometimes that means letting go of people if they don't fit that vision. So it's being right setting the standards, upholding them yourself. And then also the biggest thing was, you know, seeking out people who are like-minded. That's really the only way I've really been able to accomplish this is finding people who are shooting towards the same common goals. And you have to get them on that perspective or or people who are dedicated to helping you and and money's their main motive. Sometimes that's not bad. Everyone has different motives. The way you can find out what people's motives are is ask yourself what yours are. We're all the same. And if you examine yourself and what you want in life, you can probably figure out what other people want. And mm. so if you can provide that to them and you can give them what they want and they'll be a good employees for you, but it's all about learning people. It all starts from nature, understanding human nature, understanding people. The only way to really get people connected to your team is if you understand them, they want to be cared for. They want to be cared about. They want to be provided for with funds and money as they work. And so you have to be able to do all those things as well as give them purpose within their job. And that's going to excel them the hardest. And that's going to bring you right people in. But it's, it's all still complex, man. I'm still learning every single day how to, how to do this right, man. It's been a four-year journey of, right. like I said, failing and getting back up and trying again. So that's kind of a little bit of my advice on it. And what, I, what, I've, what I've personally done and how I've ended up with such great people around me is by trying to align people with who I am as a person and what our standards and goals are in life overall and then build the team around that. And eventually, as you get bigger, you know, you can't control what everyone's doing or thinking. But your core team, you have full control of when you start. Right. Nobody can take that away from you, how you want your business to be. Nobody can change your company. Nobody can say, oh, you have to do it this way. When you're starting your own business, you set the rules, you set the standards, you set the guidelines. So bring people in at the top 
who are going to think like you and want to mm. accomplish the same thing as you, and that's going to trickle down. The same way Chick-fil-A has done it. You know, they have everybody doing the same thing. That only happened because the management made that the standard, and they would not let anyone break it. So it comes from us, starts with us, and it starts trickling down and building people who have those same common values and goals and want to shoot towards the same thing with you. So just to kind of recap what you uh-huh. said, because that was so much great info. Mm-hmm. Pretty much when you're going to hire employees, first you have to set the standard for your company and be almost your best employee. Like yeah. be your ideal employee, act the way that you would want your employees to act, dress the way that you mm-hmm. want them to dress, set the standard. You have to. It's, it's, it's mandatory. It's almost, if you don't do that, you're never going to have people under, you're going to have a McDonald's. And not no offense to them at all, but you know, people don't care when they're in that company. And that's because the owner doesn't care. Because he didn't set it like that. That is the straight truth. If anyone tells you different, I would tell you, go look at their business and find the lowest employee within their company. And you tell me how that person acts. You tell, ask them the values of the business. Ask them what the standards that have been set. And they won't even know most of the time. They won't even have that answer. And that's the problem with companies these days, that they don't have that answer. So that us as the owners, yes, we have to set that. We have to make, be an example. The first one in, the last one out, the problem solver. Everything you can think of when it comes to what you would want your best worker to be, you have to do first. And it might take years of doing that before people get behind you and really want to support it. So it's just part of the journey, man. You got to continue to be consistent every single day. That's another thing, consistency. People are going to look at that. They're going to wonder if you're inconsistent with things, you're never going to get people behind you. Mm. Inconsistency is the biggest especially one of the biggest turnoffs for me, especially if people are telling you things and not doing them. They're saying they're going to get things done and they don't get it done. They're acting like they care, but they're not actually putting the effort in. Right. That's a big, big no. And if you're a boss doing that stuff, which a lot of bosses do because they think, oh, I got the money now. I'm on top. I can just make them do it and I don't have to do it. Never going to work. My personal opinion is that will never work in business ever. Mm. So what is the end goal of religious packaging? You kind of hit on it in the beginning of it being something that you want to pass on, a legacy, you want to build something, but but what does, I guess there is no end goal, truly, but do you- There actually do you, is. I do, okay. I, do, I do have a place that I want to take this thing, and I'll start off with telling everyone this. Shoot for the stars. Do not let any single person in your life ever tell you how big you can make something or what you can do, because I'll tell you this right now. The world is going to stomp on you. They're going to lie to you. They're going to tell you you can't do it. Everybody that I've got in my face and told me I would never be able to accomplish these things and never be able to get here. They're, you're going to hear it your whole entire life from the people closest to you, from the people far from you on the internet. They're going to tell you, oh, those goals are un- unrealistic. Those goals are impossible. I'll tell you my goal with RP right now is to be the biggest packaging and branding company across the entire world. That's what I want to be. I want to be a one-stop shop for every brand, every company, no matter what level they are. So what I mean by that is, let's just say you're a little girl who has a makeup brand out there and you need to help branding yourself, getting jars made for your makeup. You have a great recipe. I want you to be able to go on our company, reach out. Now you're a little girl, 10, 12 years old. You just started a business because you had a whole religious packaging app, website, whatever it is that showed you every step you needed to take, every step I learned throughout these years of how to start branding and marketing and building a product. So that's what I want RP to be. I want, and then no, even if you're the biggest company, let's just say you're Apple, you come to us, I want to be able to, to do all of your boxes, do all of your wraps, do all your branding, do your image work, your commercials. That's nice. what RP's end goal is. We are going to be the Amazon of packaging and branding. And what I mean by that is you come and you build your brand with us, no matter what level of business you're in. Instead of trying to go figure this stuff out yourself, buy all the printers, buy machines, work with other distributors, you're going to be able to come to our company 
and that's it. Because you're good. You don't need anything else. You get in touch with our team, and we fully get your products ready to go on shelves. Wow, I love that goal. I, yeah. I'm a huge fan of goals that are so big, they're, they scare you. Yeah. And yeah. so that is... I've always thought that way, man. The first awesome. thing I ever wanted to do was be... I wanted to sing on American Idol, and then I wanted to go in the NFL and be a quarterback, and then I wanted to run in the Olympics, and then... Now, and then I wanted to be one of the biggest artists in the world. And so my point I'm making is I've always thought big. I could never just be like, oh, hey, I'm going to go work a normal job. And even if everyone's sitting there like, oh, that's unrealistic. To me, it wasn't. I believed whatever I could put my mind to, I would accomplish. And now I'm here putting my mind to this business. I'm putting my mind to the music I'm doing, and it's working. Because I've always believed in myself, and that's where it all started. So shoot big, man. That is go. fantastic. One thing that I've noticed, obviously, if you're going to – be the biggest packaging mm -hmm. company in the entire planet, you're going to have to kind of, you know, um, get some sort of app, like you said, or, or oh, yeah. what website that can design this. And I'm very interested to see how you're going to do this because yeah. I know a lot of branding online websites out there. They're very impersonal. Like yeah. it, 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 oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of hard to maybe do it all on your own. You feel like you're on your own. You feel like you, you can't have a connection at the company. So it's going to be very interesting to see how you kind of set yourself apart by getting over that to be able to do it on a wide scale, but also same keep, keep that same personal yep. connection that you have with your clientele. Cause I've worked with you and seen you work for mm -hmm. a couple of years now and you are so on top of it. You've got people that hit you up directly. Mm -hmm. You've got your own graphic designing team and they work with the customers in a way that the customers feel like they can hit you up and that yeah. you will answer and that you can work with them and do exactly what they need. Yeah. And so the biggest question is how do you scale that? Right. Right. So that becomes the thing. My personal opinion is you always need people. So everything's become automated, automated by machines these days. And I believe you can still have a company that's nationwide and just have the right people in it and have the right people responding there. If you always have people trained to handle your clients and your customers and everything that's coming in, you'll be able to keep that personal feel. So the whole goal is what I'm going to try to accomplish is having RP as we grow, continue to build our sales team, our management team, all under the standards that I've set and mm. eventually have, you know, 100,000 people across the world maybe who are all dedicated to serving people and part of this company and answer phones and people. I'm never going to go fully automated. That's one thing I've dedicated myself to. I never want you to call my business and have a machine talk to you. Now, will there be, hate will there be little hate things that. one day that maybe aren't always people? Sure, but the heart of it is always going to be real people who are dedicated to really serving you. They're going to be there. And one big thing with even, like you said, people are always able to reach out to me. I give my number to every client I talk to. I don't care who they are. They all have my business line and a lot of them have my personal line too because especially when you're starting a company, this is more for that. You need to get personal with people. You need to make people feel like they can actually reach you and get connected to you because that's going to lock their business in. Right. Every person, you can find a million companies right now where you can just go online and buy products. You can't find a million people who will give you their phone number to the owner of the company that you can call at any period of time and he'll answer and talk to you. So when you're starting a business, that's crucial. You want to be able to let people get really personal with you, build close relationships, let them have your phone number, answer the phone and talk to them. That's going to set you apart in business. And so really it's just finding a way to replicate that, teach that to people, and then continue to use that system. I'm, you know, I'm only one person now, but there's a lot of other people out there who think like this and who want to accomplish things like this. My goal is just finding them, bringing them to business, training them the correct way. And then continue to expand and grow that. Even some of these guys we have here now, that's what we're working on is we're working on sales. We're working on how do I treat people? How can I 
train the next person to act just like that and then create a system that's built around a certain culture of treating people a certain way. Right. Just like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is honestly one of my companies I look at and I go, these guys did it. They did it right, bro, because their culture's down and their people their people are there. They're all responsive. Their, their service is so fantastic. Their product is good. And it pays off. They, so, they, they take a day off and they make more than and any anybody. Other like seven yeah. times. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They make more than everyone by they exit out. They just keep going over. There's no <laughs> way for other people to keep up. And that's if they can do it, I know we can too. So right now I'm learning along the way. I don't necessarily even have all those answers yet. But that's the cool thing about business too, is you don't have to have all the answers. You learn as you go. And a lot of people are gonna tell you that's not the way it is, or they're gonna be scared of that, but I'm not scared of that. So I'm learning as I'm going. I'm still adapting, train, figuring out how to train people in this way, building the culture, setting the standards. But yeah, that's really the long-term goal is just continue to keep real people involved in it. I think that's the most important thing. I think that's American business at its root and heart. Totally. And I think we've gotten away from that a lot. A lot. And I, I, don't get me wrong, technology is great, but there's nothing that replaces a human connection. And that's why people spend money with RP is because I give them a human connection. I give them something to go home at night and be like, I like this guy. I like yeah. this company. I like... Yeah, I'm getting a product that's helping me grow my business, but this is somebody that I go and have lunch with once a month now, and their business is there for me, and they take care of me, and they, that's real. And so you got to have people to, do, to get that feeling and to captivate people like that. Awesome. So, so, you know, a lot of people that are successful in business, they, mm-hmm. they were raised up right. You seem like, for 23, you seem on top of it as far as understanding, working through, not allowing fear to control you. Mm-hmm. So so what was your childhood like to be able to make you into the man that you are t- t- today? Well, my childhood growing up was mostly pretty pretty good, especially the younger years, you know, you know, whatever, five, six, seven. Everything was pretty normal. My dad was always a hard worker and taught me my bad I had a burp. And taught me good values. I think that was a lot of it was he, you know, he raised me to look at things a certain way, but when he was, when I was about ten years old, you know, he was taken away from us and given forty years in the federal prison system for crimes he didn't even commit. Things he's in the middle of right now, still fighting for his freedom, and that sent my life into a crazy direction. And I had to face a lot of really, really hard things and a lot of hard struggles and losing a lot of people in your life. You almost have to let go of any control when you realize at ten years old that you can't control anything. You have to become fearless mm. because. What am I going to hold to? When I don't understand anything, when I have no idea what direction life is going, what am I going to hold on to? What am I going to fear? I, I just had to step into what life was. And so at that, a young age, I started to train myself to, one, not really try to care what anyone thinks, not worry about what anyone's thinking about me or what they're doing, and just try to see what's out there in the world. So I started expressing myself freely and really just stepping into, you know, who I was as a person and, and, and through trying things out and trial and error, I found out that you don't have to be scared of things that are out there. We're all making the same mistakes. And the truth is nobody really knows what they're doing and nobody has it figured out. So when you realize that, what's there to be scared of? You're going to be judged by somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Right. And not going to be wrong. There's a lot of smart people out there. We have a lot of knowledge and things, but the general truth is that we are all trying to figure it out. And so I've let that be the backbone of, Hey, I'm just going to be who I am and be authentic and enjoy the ride. And why am I going to worry about something that I can't control? How, how, none of us can stop anything in life except for what we do ourselves and what we can control within our own mind. How, how am I going to worry about things that I have no power over? That right there is a damaging way of thinking. That right there is a, is a way of thinking that holds everybody back in life. Is because they go, well, what if? 
yeah, what if? That's the exciting part of it. What if, what can happen? <laughs> right. What is out there? You might do something that you thought was never possible and it leads you in a whole different direction. I was never supposed to be a business owner, ever. I never thought I would end up on this path. But because I stepped out into the what if and what's out there, I ended up becoming a business owner. So fear and, and being scared of the unknown is, is yeah, it's, it's a bad, it's a, man, I don't know the right word I'm trying to put on it, but it's almost... It's almost your biggest enemy, I guess right. I could say. It's fears. It could be your biggest enemy. It could be the thing that slows you down and stops you. My biggest fear is dying one day and not doing everything that was out there that I wanted to try, not figuring out, not falling down and scraping my knee and getting back up. If I don't go out there and try, that's going to be my biggest regret. So mm. rather than you know being scared of failing, learning something from it. By the way, you don't learn anything in life without failing. So... What do you mean? So, the way I look at life is this. How do you gain new knowledge? You gain it through experiences. And if you're never doing something new, if you're never pushing your boundaries, you're probably not going to be in in a new experience. If you have the same routine every day, you never challenge yourself, you never wake up and work out, you never try a new eating habit, you never try to push yourself, you're never going to find more out about yourself and you're never going to grow So what I mean by failing makes you into the better person is when you go out and try something and you make a mistake or you fall or slip, that's going to teach you something, one, about yourself, about the situation, about what you just did. If you realize, oh, hey, I just did this and I really don't like it, now you know never to do that again. But that'll teach you wisdom of where not to go in life and what to stay away from. You know, if you, whatever, sin, make a mistake, you know, hurt somebody's feelings. Sure. And you realize, oh, hey, I need to have you know, more compassion over here. I need to learn. You can take those examples. You can take broken relationships, take painful things you've went through and actually let them be the guideline of teaching you what the right thing to do is. And so I like to just take my experiences of when I fall, when I make a mistake and I like to say, Hey, I did this now. How did I get here? How did this happen? What did I do to end up in this place? And what can I do to be somewhere different next time? And so you have to ask yourself those questions, but if you don't make the mistake, you can't even bring those questions up. And if you're not, if you're scared to go out and try something and you're scared to fail, so you never do it, you're never going to find out if there is those questions to ask Mm. and what there is deeper within yourself. So that is a great word for our TLT. Don't use your youth as an excuse to not do things. Use it as an excuse to do new things because right now is the time for people to fail. I mean, this is, this is the time of your life to get out there, try anything that slightly interests you. And if it sticks, you might just start a business that within four years, you're yeah. making a million dollars. And even even to the people who are 65 years old, maybe watching this right now, don't be scared to fail either. Your life is just starting. I'm telling you that we have so much time in our hands. And not that we can control when we pass or how long we're here, but take every day as it is right in front of you. Go make the most of it. Shoot for something. Try to accomplish something. Don't be scared. Don't let fear hold you back. No matter what age you are, you can accomplish your dreams if you just put your mind to it. Go out and work every single day towards that goal and fall and get back up and fall and get back up. Yes. Fall down seven times, get up eight. Yep. You know, that's such a great point that you made. Something, a part of our TLT program that we do is called Wisdom Keepers. Mm -hmm. And it's a program where young teenagers and even younger, we we intentionally connect them with people that are older and retired. Mm -hmm. And we have them talk. And the number one thing that I've noticed with a lot of older people, 65 and up, mm-hmm. they've stopped dreaming. They've stopped shooting for a goal or even really caring. And they let their life stagnate. And then you see a rapid decline with their yeah. age, their mentality, their physical health. And then I meet some old people 
who are 80 years old, still working a business, still sharp, trying new things each day, and they feel young. You want to know the difference? They're what? staying uncomfortable. Yes. People get comfortable. People want that paycheck every month, that you know pension, that 401k, and they want to rest in, oh, I want to work at the same job, and never. I'm not going to chase my dreams because if I do, what happens if I don't have enough money to do this? And they let all these things that aren't even real reality that could be slow them down and they, that kills their dreams. And we've taught reality, we've taught our society these days to stop dreaming and just choose the safe route. And that's, that's what kills people faster than anything. That's why the 80 year old's alive because he doesn't know what's coming tomorrow. He's got a business and there's a new challenge ahead of him. And that keeps him excited, man. That keeps him waking up yes. and going, man, what's out there for me. And so you got to chase those dreams because that's what gets you up every day. And the whole world is trying to convince you that you know, you got to do the safe route, but I'm telling you right now, the safe route, you might as well dig, dig a grave. I'm not trying to be too harsh, but no, yes, why dude. spend your whole life wasting it for, to for be safe. comfortable, yeah, bro? to be safe. To be comfortable. What are any, have you ever watched a movie? Have you ever read a book about a great thing accomplished? When were they ever comfortable? <laughs> you ever so got true. in the Bible one time and read anything? <laughs> when was anything comfortable? Trial. Trial after trial it makes yeah, it interesting. Exactly. You, it, it, it's such a good point. You never watch a movie where they just go to work and have a good time. That, and, you would never watch that. Yeah, you, you, you would you, never you get bored. <laughs> yeah, and that's everyone's <laughs> life. That's 95% of the way people live. When you 95% of the way people live, you could never make a story about it. And that's how could you not make a story about an individual, unique life that was created one out of 8 billion right now? That is the most interesting thing ever. And you're going to have a boring life and do nothing with it? That's. Don't waste the life that God preciously gave you. Yeah, as a gift. Totally. 100%. What a great way to end the show. Makaya, yes, thank you so much for being on the TLT Movement Podcast. Thank you, Danny, for having me on. I know I our audience it. appreciates it. And if you want to check out Makaya and his business, where can they find you? We got our Instagram, Religious Packaging. You can look it up like that. Um, we have social media. Our website is up there, too. And then I also have a personal Instagram, all right, MB3, all right, and then MB3, religious packaging, just those two words put together. You can find us on social media. Thank you for having me on, Danny. I hope you guys can get something out of this. I hope it can impact you in some type of way that you can carry it with you. I know that I always used a lot of, you know, other people's success and path in life when they were winning as inspiration for my own success. And I always looked at someone else and said, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. So I hope you guys can get that out of this.